The Body Love Binge is the podcast for you if you're so done with living in the hellhole of an eating disorder, hating your body and constantly wishing you were thinner. If you're truly ready to heal from anorexia, bulimia or binge eating disorder and genuinely make friends with your body, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Victoria Kleinsman, a food freedom and body love coach, eating disorder and abuse survivor who's on an absolute mission to love and support millions of women to come back home to self-love and intuition eating. If it's possible for me, I know it's possible for you as well. Thank you so much for being here. I'll see you in the episode. Welcome Queens to another episode. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Katie Bramley and Katie started We Shape with the intention of advocating for women to stop focusing on the number on the scale and instead put their energy and efforts towards a more meaningful intention such as movement, rest and a deeper connection with self. You can see why she's a guest on the podcast. Her entire product is rooted in intention, movement, community, and beliefs. Katie has a passion for bringing awareness to the toxic expectations placed on women in the fitness industry, as well as the often overshadowed yet pivotal roles women play in business and entrepreneurship. Katie's goal is to create awareness through meaningful conversation and curiosity so that women can gain the support of men rather than gaining dominance. And Katie says it's all about leveling the playing field, not about shifting the power in the other direction. Oh, I fully uh, am in alignment with that, Katie. So welcome to the Body Love Binge podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Great. And so let's dive in with the 10 quick fire questions that I ask guests. So they're very random, but on the spot, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First one, favorite food? Oh, burritos. Favorite animal? It's got to be a tie between a cat and a dog. I'm not going to be able to choose that one. <laughs> Fine. You can have it. You can have both. The okay. worst diet you've ever been on? Keto. Oh, yeah. Favorite way to move your body? Uh, hiking or surfing. Ooh. Would you rather do a thousand chest to floor burpees in a row or run a marathon? I guess I'll choose the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be the burpees for me. Yeah. <laughs> Early bird or night owl? Oh, I'm going to say neither. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not that. a morning person or a night owl. <laughs> love that. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be and why? Um, I think the just the overall human tendency to have to have these power dynamics and being able to like get rid of the ego and get rid of the need for that power and control and just coexist in a more peaceful peaceful world together yeah I love that how do you think your loved ones would describe you in three words if I was to ask them without you knowing um extremely organized uh I have a love for self-care and I can be extremely silly and off the wall and weird <laughs> I love weird number nine yeah. <laughs> forest or beach oh no uh beach I guess that's a hard one it is a hard one you could have also had both although it was a question or but, oh, but yeah <laughs> yeah I guess I'll go with beach although I love I love the forest as well okay and last question what do you want people to take away from this podcast I kind of reversed reverse the question from at the end to the beginning I think it's a really interesting way to do that yeah no I love that um that your number on the scale doesn't define your worth and that how your body looks is nothing to do with your value as a human being and that it's all just a made-up construct of rules that we don't have to participate in anymore oh yes I love that 
And so let's dive yeah. straight in then, Katie. How was, well, first of all, what is We Shape and how was it born? And feel free to share your personal backstory and how you got here where you are today. Yeah, well, I mean, so I've been in the fitness industry for 20 years and um, my husband and I owned a different fitness company before and the company was very successful. We made the Inc. 500 three times. Um, we were a, a, like a digital marketing company that sold fitness products. So we sold a lot of like, get a six pack or tone this or tone that. And, you know, everything from the outside looked really good. I had a really great life and had everything and more than I could have ever asked for. And I still felt pretty empty inside. Mm -hmm. And I just sat with that feeling for a little while. And, um, as the business evolved, I just kept not really enjoying the evolution of the company and I finally just said, we can't sell these types of products anymore. I don't really feel like this is having a positive impact. It was kind of like we could justify it on one end because people would come to us and say, oh, I love your products. Like, I, I feel great. I, you know, lost weight. I did this. And so it was like this, like, fake praise that I was getting because I'm like, it needs to go deeper than that. And so I said, let's just build a more meaningful product that's focused on how we feel and not on how we look. And let's just like unsubscribe to all those toxic channels of you need to be this this number on the scale or you need to fit in these pants or that you have to achieve this one body type. And um, I immediately felt like I was the odd man out in our industry because I just like people would just say, I'm so sorry, you're not gonna be able to sell a product like that. You have to be able to sell weight loss, or you have to promise them something that will change about their body. And I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. So uh, my husband and I self-funded the build of our product. It took two years to make. Um, essentially what it is, is a movement-based fitness product. And it's all done at home and it's extremely customizable. So the um, user can actually customize in real time, the movement patterns based on their individual needs. So it's kind of like having a personal trainer without the cost. Um, so the technology took a little bit to figure out, but we finally got it. And um, so we started down that path. And then as as we were launching the product, I was like, this has got to be so much more than just, I felt great about like, oh, we're really preaching, like feel good. We're teaching people how to move in their bodies. Everything's based on exercise science and biomechanics. And people were really having a lot of results with be feeling in less pain, or it was just, we were shifting the focus to feeling. And then I was like, it's still not quite what I feel like it needs to be. And so then I started diving down. What does it really mean to have connection with your body and have a community of people and dissect some of the beliefs that we've been told? Because I realized it was going to be so much more for people than just push play and do the workout. Mm -hmm. So that's when we started to have more of um, the mission incorporated with the product. So a lot of what we do at WeShape is we bring people in, we get them the customization that they need for their workout and we focus on movement, but then we also talk about things like intention. So there's like a spot in our product that talks about your why. So, and it, we really ask people, please don't let it be the number on the scale. Like, why do you want to work out? Why do you want to connect with your body? And we ask people to kind of meditate on that. And then we have a big community element to the product as well, because I realized if I'm going to ask people to stop focusing on how they look and start focusing on how they feel, that's going to go against everything they've really been told most of their lives. And so we have to have a community that comes together to support each other in that journey so that we don't get sucked back into those old ways. So we do daily calls where we just have support calls and our members come together and connect and talk about what's going well, what challenges they're faced with. We do Q&As with our coaches so that if people are having pain or injuries or questions about the movements, um, and then we really try to tackle beliefs as well. So we have a podcast as well. We record weekly and we try to invite various guests on that have, you know, backgrounds in psychology or intuitive eating or exercise physiology so that we can sort of break down the beliefs because a lot of people come to us, like there was a woman on the call last week. She said, I'm 70 years old. And I didn't ever know I was allowed to just connect with myself and live for myself. I was always working out 
for another reason, because people in my family told me I needed to lose weight or people told me that I needed to look this way. I never just said, no, I'm going to take care of me and put myself first. So um, we have to incorporate beliefs as well. And so I try to have um, different guests that can help us sort of expose some of those old belief patterns so that we can begin to dissect why we do the things we do, right? Because we do the things we do based on our belief system. So I um, try to kind of make the the community a little bit more well-rounded and not just be about working out because the reality is it's not just about working out. There's a lot of other things that that go along with connecting with your body and and paving a new path. Wow. You just articulated all of that so beautifully as well. And especially with the community. <sighs> Thank you. It's so true. In our faces everywhere we go is diet culture, beauty culture, selling us the lie that we're not good enough as we are. And then therefore we spend money and try and find and search something to then quote, feel good enough, which never happens. So I think it's great. You have a community aspect. Is it, so I'm assuming it's, is it like a program they can join like an online and you do workouts how often? So I'm really interested in how, if my listeners want to sign up, like how does that work? Yeah, they just go to WeShape com and they take a quiz so we can better understand like what your body needs. And yeah. then we do have workouts available every day, but we never tell people that they have to do the workout every day. It's just, there's one available if you want to do it. Um, in fact, I tell people if you haven't worked out for a long time, don't do one every day, like try to do one or two a week until you feel like, okay, that feels good. And then maybe two or three, like it, it's not something that I ever want people to obsess about. It's a tool to be able to learn how to connect with our body and move with our body in a more functional movement type of way versus a, you're going to burn as many calories as you can, or do this crazy workout. This is about like connecting with your body and, and learning how to move better in your body while you work out. Um, so yeah, we have workouts available every day. Uh, but and it's all online and there's no equipment. It's just at home. And they're about 30 minutes, 30 minute workouts. That's awesome. And, and I'm curious a little bit more about your story. So what do you think it was? Was it just an intuitive hit where you just thought, you know what, I'm unfulfilled selling six pack and toning and all of that? Like, how did you transition from that? Were you actively trying to lose weight yourself? Like, what was your relationship with your body and food like in the past? I mean, it was, it was multi, it was, it was layered. So the first part was that I couldn't get people to stay in, in, in our community, in our product, mm. because they would go for like two or three months and then they would leave. And I'm like, what's going on? Like we have these, these products that people supposedly love, but no one ever wants to stay with it. And then I thought we got to make a product that makes more sense. And, and I realized at that point, that was an industry wide problem, right? Retention in the fitness industry is a huge problem. And I thought this, it's not making sense because we're, we're, we're just scratching the surface. We're not going deeper into like why we need to be moving. And I always knew that there was a psychological and emotional component. And I always thought it was crazy that we weren't incorporating these things. Um, I didn't know how. And so I thought, well, I better not. And then I thought, well, you just got to try anyway. If you know that there's a better way, you're going to fail trying to do different things, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Um, and then simultaneously, yeah, I mean, the co-host that I have on my on the podcast is um, one of my very, very best friends, and she works in the company with us. And basically, the first 10 years of our friendship, we're do doing a different diet. That's like that was like the root of our friendship was doing different diets together. And, um, you know, I had met the number on the scale a couple times that I felt was like, okay, now I, this is the number that society wants me to have. And I never felt better. In fact, I actually could argue that the times that I met that number I actually felt the worst. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I'm selling this, I'm doing all these diets. I'm, I'm never really feeling like content. I'm never really feeling at peace. I'm constantly feeling like I have to reach for something else. And a number of years ago, I went into a therapy session and I'll never forget the therapist looked at me and said, I just want to make sure you know, in case you don't, if no one's ever told you this, but you are worthy as a human being without anything, without your body being a certain way, without your accomplishments, without how much you can get done in a day, without, it doesn't actually matter. You doing zero things means that you are still worthy. And I remember feeling like, 
what? Yes. <laughs> I, I sat with that for like years and I was like, that doesn't, how, how? Yeah. Um, and so it just was this kind of culmination of different events. And then, you know, I have two daughters and I started realizing, you know, my background was actually in child and adolescent development. And I'll never forget a study that we uh, reviewed in, in w- one of my final years of college where there was um, a specific country, and I can't remember the country that it was, but they had not been exposed to magazines or TV commercials. And they decided to introduce TV commercials and magazines, and all of a sudden, teenage girls developed eating disorders. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like this is all in our, this is like all being fed to us and it's causing these huge problems and we don't even have to do it that way anymore. And so I always remembered that. And I, and I knew that I had to be really careful with my daughters. And then like, of course now that, I mean, I was years ago when I was in college, we didn't even have social media or anything. And so I started to see like, this is a really huge problem and um, social media has an, a ton of amazing benefits, but it's also contributing terribly to this issue. So I just wanted people to come to WeShape. It's like, I try to tell people, I feel like anytime someone joins a fitness program, they have their goal, right? Oh, to lose weight, or I'm trying to go to a wedding or an event, or I'm trying to, and I'm like, at WeShape, you're actually going to be accepted today. And we're actually not going to ask you to have a goal like that. Like you just get to be accepted on day one and you're value in our community or program will not be predicated on your weight loss or what you do throughout this. If if you move your body more and you have less pain and you feel better, great. If you happen to lose a couple pounds along the way, I guess that's fine. But we will not be focusing on your success of our program based on that. You're accepted for who you are today. And we acknowledge that there are many, 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 many body types. And we have no intention of trying to get anyone in our community to meet a standard. Wow, that is so freaking beautiful. I'm so glad you're here sharing this message, (laughs) really. And it's funny, I remember that study, what you was talking about, and I can't remember the country either. I want to say Africa, but it's not Africa. It's I remember reading or listening maybe to an audio book and about what you've just described about introducing the magazines and stuff to the young girls. And then, then the eating disorder rate like skyrocketed and body image insecurities as well. So whilst we're on this subject, how can we protect younger women and men against this when it seems almost impossible? Yes, Instagram's great, but even I get freaking diet adverts thrown. And like my Instagram is a business page and I get diet adverts all the time that I keep having to block. How can we, what, what can we do about this to protect our youth? I mean, I think we have to acknowledge that it, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we just have to have awareness and kind of label it like, oh, that's an advertisement trying to get me to do this thing that's based on something that's actually not healthy for me. That's not psychologically or emotionally or physically has my best well-being in mind. So I think awareness is huge. I always I- encourage our um, community to unsubscribe to any social media channels that do not make them feel worthy or valued or make them feel guilty that they don't look a certain way. I think I just feel like we have to just have awareness and then make good choices with, with our social media following. Yeah. But is it, so I, I assume, cause I'm not a parent. So I assume if you're, if so you're a parent listening to this, you would just share that with your sons and your daughters, or would you as a parent take control over depending on how old your children are how would you navigate that with your children is it just education and leaving them to it I guess because I'm not a parent myself so I mean my oldest is only nine so she doesn't have a phone or social media so I haven't got to that part of parenting and I would be lying if I said I wasn't petrified of that part of parenting because Mm -hmm. there's this balance in parenting where you want to control their environment so much but then that control can lead to them feeling like they don't have control. And so they like it's So it's, it's a balance. And um, if I ever find the answer, I will ask to come back to your podcast and share with people um, because I do think it's very, very tricky. I, I don't, I, I don't exactly know the answer to that. 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it and come back. If you find the answer, come back. And I guess, again, just from working with parents, I'm not a parent myself. It's the most powerful way to teach young women or young girls about a healthy relationship with food and body is to be that yourself is to have a healthy relationship with food and body yourself and not diet and not pick yourself apart in front of the mirror and just to model that behavior. Well, I mean, that was one of the things I should have shared in my story. So my friend and I, we would have all these diets. We would get together. Oh, da, da, da. And when my daughter turned about six or seven, we looked at each other and we went, she's watching us. Oh, no. And it was kind of like a cold turkey. Like we can't talk about this in front of her ever again. So then I, we like hid it from her. So we would talk about it at work or we would talk about it, you know, without her around. But, um, you know, my dad always says this really sweet thing. He says, you know, more is caught than taught. And so it's speaking to your idea around it has to be modeled, right? So I actually took the scale out of our house. Um, we don't weigh ourselves. We don't nitpick in the mirror. Um, I try to model like just a balanced approach. I mean, I don't even know if that's the right approach, like balanced. I don't think anything's really that balanced, but um, I just try to model an approach of self-care and self-love and I'm on my own journey and I have to accept that as well. Like I'm deconstructing the layers that this culture and this industry have sort of pounded into my brain. So I have to kind of also accept those parts too, that I'm unraveling and learning and I'm going to do the best that I can, but modeling, um, modeling is probably the best thing that parents can do as well yeah yeah that's beautiful we're all on our own journey and everything happens for a reason if my mom hadn't modeled the toxic behaviors to me I wouldn't be in the position I am today with my own business helping so many women right so also from working with parents even if you stop and think oh shit I've like fucked up my child or whatever you whatever fear is coming up you're supposed to be exactly where you are and your child is supposed to be where they are too because from a bigger picture, this, I guess, incorporates my spiritual beliefs. Everything happens for a reason and it happens for us. So I think it's that, that's worth saying, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I don't believe in using my energy to try to go back and mm-hmm. change anything. Like I am here right now in this moment and and I haven't, always made the best decisions as a parent. And that is the nature of parenting is that you grow and you learn. And I think the biggest thing I try to remind myself is if I'm actually going to continue to evolve as a parent and to model the behaviors that I hope my children to have, then I have to be able to look in the mirror and I have to acknowledge the areas where I do need growth and I can't let shame take over. I think that shame is such a big driver for, um, a lot of the behaviors that we have as human beings. And I think if we can evaluate that and just acknowledge, oh, there's the shame coming in wanting me to do this or that or ignore this or that or not look in the mirror and just say, oh, okay, it's going to feel icky. It's going to feel messy. But to just continue to lean in and to to not waste our energy looking back and saying, oh, I wish I would have. It's like, we're here right now. This is all we can do is in this moment anyway. And so what what can I do to to move forward? And it's kind of like that woman who was sharing on the call, I'm 70 and I'm just figuring this out. I'm like, great, wonderful. It's never it's not too, too late. No, yep. never, never. And so with We Shape then, I'm looking at the questions that I want to ask you. What are the pillars that you use to support people in building their connection with their self, with their body and with exercise? Do you mind sharing those? Yeah. So those are those four things I was talking about. So the intention, right? Like if you have an intention to come in and get a number on a scale or fit in certain pants or meet a certain body type, that's just completely unrealistic. Um, to me, that's a setup, right? And and this was part of the thing that I would notice is even in the past company I had, when people would stick with the program and they would get the quote unquote results that they wanted, they were ready for the next thing. And I'm like, no, but you but you got what you wanted. (laughs) And so we need to have different intentions and shift the focus. And I believe that when we can shift the focus from, oh, I feel bad because I don't look how people want me to look and I should weigh this and I should do this too. I want to learn how to better connect with myself. I want to learn how to feel good in my body. I want to learn, you know, 
oh, my, my shoulder's been bothering me. I'd love to con- consider how I can move better and get out of pain. When we connect to more meaningful intentions when it comes to working out, I think that that has a much more sustainable long-term approach. And I think that so many people just get sucked into the narrative around buy this product and lose this weight. And I just think it's just, it's not like the numbers, the data's there. Like you could go look at all the data for all these fitness companies. The retention is low and it's low for a reason because people don't have meaningful intentions behind why they're doing something. So intention is huge. We call it, you know, figuring out your why at WeShape. And then it's, and then it's the movement is the second pillar. So again, not focusing on crazy calorie burn, you know, I'm going to go run a hundred miles. It's like, okay, let's, let's, let's relax. Let's like figure out what does the body want to do? What is the body supposed to do? The body wasn't born and designed to go and do all of this crazy stuff. Yeah. I don't want to like discredit athletes or people who have passion for their sport. It's not about that, but it's about connecting with the body. And I feel like, you know, I had this physical therapist on our podcast and he said, the body is a really tricky thing because the mind will come in and say, you have to do those 50 burpees. And the body will go, wait a minute, that doesn't feel good for me. And yeah. and and then the mind will go, sorry, you're doing it. And we just create a plethora of problems when we connect with our body in that way. When it's like our mind is like leading that journey. It's like, it's actually more about connecting with your body and actually checking in to see how you feel with the movements that you're doing. Wow. Um, it's it's a totally different approach to, to working out. It's It's yeah. not about how much can I sweat? How many calories can I burn? Let me get my tracker on. This is about a deep intuitive approach to connecting with your body and seeing how your body actually feels when you're using it to work out. Yeah. And I feel like that has been so conditioned out of us. We're just like, what are you talking about? Just go get your calorie burn. I'm like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> I love it so much though, because I found, I figured that out myself through my relationship, healing my relationship with food and my body. But I was taught during my, cause I was going to step on stage and all the things that were thrown at me were like, wherever your mind, your mind has to go first, then your body will follow mind over matter. Like basically if you faint, get the fuck up and continue because, and that's how I was taught. And I, I was that person. They called me the machine, blah, blah, blah. My ego loved that. I was so broken. My body was so broken. I still have injuries to this day from the fact that I used to push myself. And so my question to you is, if we're checking and tuning into our body during a workout, surely, depending on your intention, if you want to get like more cardiovascular fitter, you need to be pushing yourself at a certain level to then improve that. Same with strength. But there's a difference, right, between effort and pushing your body past a, a place where it doesn't want to go. Do you, do you see what I'm asking? Like, if- Yeah. I mean, your body with your relationship with your body is a relationship. And so I think we have to start by going, what is my relationship with my body? And how have I used my body for exercise in the past? Mm-hmm. And then if you go, well, I've pushed through everything. I, you know, if you can list out the things and you go, huh, okay. So I'm discovering I don't listen to my body. And then it's just a relationship that you build over time. And it's just through awareness. And I think we all can deeply intuitively feel the difference between, oh, I just don't really want to like, I, I want to increase my cardiovascular fitness. And it, I know that my body needs that, but I don't feel like it versus I'm actually getting a signal from my body that it's in discomfort and pain and I need to stop or I need to do a different movement. And I think it just takes time to acknowledge that this relationship that I have with my body and is 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 an evolution. It doesn't happen overnight. And I think you also have to acknowledge, have I really listened to my body? And that's going to give you the first clue of like, oh, I have some work to do, right? Like, and that's what I discovered about myself is that I would do these workouts because I thought that was going to help me achieve the body that I wanted but I had really completely disconnected the mind and the body. And I was just, my mind was like, sorry, we're not, we're not open for your feedback body. (laughs) And I think that we um, have a lot of long, that is, if you want to talk about sustainability, that is not sustainable. Um, You are just asking for pain and injuries later in your life. And so I think, again, just shifting that intention to like, how can I move better in my body and connect with myself? And, um, and I think that, just even opening that door of awareness brings so much information in 
Yeah. And I think you're right. So many of my clients have connected exercise to punishment, exercise to weight loss, exercise to something that is not fulfilling. And so it's it's interesting when I coach them to separate exercise from changing their body at all, separate exercise from weight loss and exercise from punishment and move your body in a way that feels good not to get a certain result. I mean, yes, we can work on strength, we can work on cardiovascular fitness, but without having that, like you say, connection to the scale, because that is when it's so linked up, people find they don't want to exercise and then they think they should and they think they're lazy how do you help clients disconnect from that? So if someone comes to you and they think they should exercise, but they don't want to, how do you navigate that with a, with somebody? I mean, I think all this is in our mind. So I'm like, why do you think you should? <laughs> and then we dissect those beliefs, right? Because most of the time, you know, I have this this funny joke that I was in the fitness industry for 20 years, but I actually didn't start liking exercise until three years ago. <laughs> Yeah. And it was because I thought that I should. I thought that I should do this. I thought that I should do that. I I never had an intention of what is it like to feel good in your body? What is it like to move good in your body? What is it like to get rest? What is it like to have more energy? I never focused on those things. Exercise was because I had the cake the night before. Exercise was because I was trying to prepare for um, a wedding I was going to in a month or it was never for the right reasons. And so I would just, I would ask the person, why do you think you should? And I would just sit with that and I would dissect that and I would marinate and meditate on that until I got the real answer. And then usually the answer that we find is, I thought I would feel more worthy. I thought I would get more validation. I thought that I would get more love if I did this. And when we shift that intention and understand that that's why we were doing it, I often find that people kind of just want to work out. But yeah. it's a journey and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It took me years. Yeah, no, I agree. And a question I ask myself to this day with anything is, is this thought or behavior born out of love or fear? And that just helps me ground right down to, it's just an easy question to ask and such a powerful one. I mean, that right there, right, is like so powerful when someone says, I should work out, but I don't want to. Yeah. And that could probably be linked to fear. If I don't achieve this particular body type or goal, I won't feel validation. I won't feel love. I won't feel worthy. And when we connect with our body and move our body as a form of self-love, mm-hmm. it's a completely different experience. It it's is. like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, do I get to go hiking today? Do I get to ride my bike today? Do I get to do a V-shaped workout? It's like, I am not like, I'm not, I don't should anything. I just want to. Because yes. I'm not doing it anymore from the way of I should. Yeah. It's like when I remove that and, and really deeply shift my intention, I just want to. Yeah. Amen to that. Remove the word should and replace it with get to or I could until it becomes I want to. And just yeah. a funny thing about wedding. I get married this year in May. So it's like, what, three months, three months away. Oh, wow. And I genuinely think I'm the only bride I've ever known who is not trying to lose weight for my wedding I went for a wedding fitting like god when I bought my dress probably four months ago now and she said oh so you need to come back for a fitting like three months before two months before one month before a week before because brides lose weight for their wedding and I was like yeah the the measurements you take today will probably be exactly the same a week before my wedding and she she didn't say I needed to lose weight but she was just so shocked that I wasn't trying to lose weight and I just felt so empowered in that decision because I've done that for 20 years and it doesn't work and it just leads you to eating disorder so I just wanted to share that about about the wedding and and I mean think about it though I mean what a powerful experience for that woman too because now you've cracked the door for her to go wait what we don't have to do that it's like I think most of us just wake up every morning and go, I have to do this and I have to do that. And I want to question that. Do you have to do that? Do you have to count your calories? Do you have to look at the scale? Do you have to focus on losing weight for your wedding or for for an event? I, I'm going to argue, no, you don't have to. And I think that once we can understand that the reason why we think we have to is not like an innate human thing. No. It's, it's fed to us by culture, by social media, by 
you know, all the systems we're a part of, that's what we're fed. It's, we don't, we don't come out of the womb going, oh, I got to make sure I have the, the right, the right weight for my wedding dress. It's like, that doesn't happen. That's top behavior. And we could actually unlearn that and say, I don't want to do that anymore. That's a choice. Yes. And I've noticed it was funny because when we first were launching We Shape and, you know, I was hearing people say, oh, good luck. I, you know, we're happy for you, but selling, a, selling how you feel in your body over like promising people they're going to lose weight. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember like the first batch of women that came in, you know, it was like, and men too, I don't want to exclude men from, from this equation, but I, I, I remember feeling like I'm giving you permission that you don't have to worry about your weight. And I just would see the like, no pun intended, but like the weight come off of their shoulders. They were like, I don't. It's like, and that's when I realized that actually I feel like people are just waiting for someone to give them permission because we know deeply inside, deeply intuitively that that doesn't feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody says, Hey, guess what? We accept you for who you are and you're totally worthy without any weight loss goals. You feel that inside. And I started to see people light up when I told them, you don't have to come to We Shape to lose weight. We're just helping you connect with your body and move your body and join a community of people who can support you in your wellness journey. They were like, what? It was like shocking to them. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I'm on the right path. Look at the freedom I'm giving people from this toxic belief system that they don't even know that they're believing because I didn't even know I was believing it until I started to say, why are you believing that? And then when I said unsubscribe, and then my whole life just felt lighter. I was like, I'm not, my mind can be consumed by other more meaningful things. Like think about how consuming that is all day. What am I eating? Did I get my workout in? How many calories did I burn? What are my steps? That's obsessive thinking. And, and it can lead to really, you know, terrible emotional, you know, dysregulation and eating disorders and, and so on and so forth. But even for people who don't struggle with eating disorders, it's still an obsessive thought pattern that's yeah. all consuming, right? So it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a huge spectrum of people that it really deeply impacts and it's different levels, but it's so freeing to feel like I don't have to waste my thoughts on that anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. It's like, I can just enjoy movement and I can just tell myself when I'm seeing an ad that says, you know, get this beach body. Okay, cool. Somebody might want that. I'm going to choose not to want that. And it's just, like you said, it's so empowering. It is. I just, I get random visions when I hear people talk and I have, and I like to share them because some people are like, oh my God, that just really resonated. I see diet culture, the conditioning, everything that you've just talked about as water. And then us, and when I say us, like the majority of humans, or fishes and they're in the and they don't know what water is and it's like you're in it you're literally like you said people don't even know that these are beliefs they just think and this is what I thought you're born therefore you spend your whole life trying to get thin and stay thin and then when I knew there was another way I was like wait a minute what you don't have to I was like no hold, hold on a minute it was literally like someone had just revealed that my whole life had been a lie which it had yeah yeah no that's the I mean that's the perfect analogy and it and and that is my goal with we shape is to um, attract people in our community who are suffering from that belief system and give them freedom from that and mm-hmm. say you don't have to do that we accept you for exactly for who you are mm-hmm. and we just want to help you move better in your body and feel good and um you don't have to do anything here. Like you really don't. And when people come in, oh, I missed my workout. Great. You'll try it another day. Like I'm not going to sit in guilt and shame and shoulds. That's just, that's not going to, that energy isn't actually going to do anything for us anyway. It doesn't work though. People think shame works or discipline works or like trying to self-flagellate your way forward. But actually, if you just let yourself off the hook give yourself love and compassion. You do it more because love is the greatest, like lovingly pushing you to do something. Whereas the opposite to that, like beating yourself up. Yeah. You might get a little bit further quicker and then it will just go away forever because it's not sustainable. I mean, the more I learn to love myself, ironically, it might not, might be a coincidence, but the patterns and the behaviors in my life shift, right? Mm -hmm. I sleep more. 
I move my body more. I have more deep, meaningful connections with people in my life. Like, I, I don't think that that's a coincidence, right? And so I feel like when people come into WeShape, the first thing I want to offer them is just acceptance and permission to begin the journey of love and self-love with their body and them and themselves and to just give them a safe place to explore that relationship with self without any expectations or any shoulds or any shame. It's just full acceptance and let's start our journey with self and not with media and with the diet culture. And let's like, let's like disconnect from those things. They're there. They're not going to go away. Mm -hmm. And let's develop this relationship with self. Yeah. A question that I asked myself a lot was if I wasn't thinking about food or my body right now, what would I be doing? And that was a really powerful question for me to ask myself because it was an awareness piece where I noticed I was obsessing about food or all about my body. And then I'd be like, wait, if I wasn't obsessing over food and body right now, what would I be doing? And then that just opened up something so much bigger. But I want to ask you a, um, a question that I get asked, not all the time, but I'm curious to see your thoughts on it. So with WeShape and people that are a part of that community and that are moving their body and they're feeling good, they're connecting to self, they're deepening their self-love, all of that juicy stuff, I'm assuming a few people will naturally lose weight just off the bat of, back of doing that. How do you navigate when people are kind of celebrating, I'm not saying they're celebrating it in the community, but they're really happy to have gotten smaller because of the reasons that we've spoken about. How do you navigate that? Because it's not something to celebrate, is it? But then at the same time, it's not about not feeling good. So how do you kind of piece those two parts together? Um, you know, we do have people sometimes they'll come to a call and be like, I've already lost some weight. And I'll say, you did. <laughs> like, I I don't, I, I kind of just remain neutral with it. Mm. I don't really, um, it's been a hard one for me to tackle, honestly, because I don't want people to not feel, I, I'm, I don't want people to not feel proud that they've are developing a better connection with self and they're moving their body more. I think that I try to also just reshift the focus to how, how does that make you feel? Like, how do you feel in your body? Yeah. And, and so it's kind of like not giving it a big celebration and being neutral and just like reflectively hearing what they say, but then shifting the intention yeah. to, well, how do you, how, do, how does that feel in your body? And, and just kind of, let's talk to your body, not your, your mind or the ego that wants that praise um, and just offer them validation for who they are regardless and just make that quick little shift. You know, it's like, oh, I heard you say that. And how does your body feel? Mm. <laughs> and I notice that when I do that, people kind of go, oh, okay, yeah. And then they they able they are able to go down a different path. But we do we do face that challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's so a good question. Yeah. And so not completely going in a different um pivot, but one of the questions was weight loss and the toxic weight loss culture and sexism. How are they connected? <laughs> How long is your podcast? <laughs> About 15 um, minutes left. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like women, you know, I had someone on our podcast who like brought this up to me and it was like a, a big revelation. You know, it's like when, when men go to the gym, their goal is to bulk up to gain, yeah, to get bigger. When women go to the gym, they've been taught their goal is to get smaller. And I just metaphorically speaking, I'm like, huh, that says a lot, right? Just just that very idea of like, if we could sum up the goal for the man and sum up the goal for the woman in the gym, it's typically bigger and the woman gets smaller. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, I feel like women have spent too many years feeling small and the the fitness industry is really contributing to that narrative rather i mean it, it I, it's just metaphorically speaking even right like it's absolutely playing a role and keeping women's thoughts only on themselves right it's like women used to have to be chosen to be a bride right and how did people choose that bride they it, it was all aesthetics yeah. yeah 
And so we've been taught and ingrained that especially as women, especially as people who identify as female, your worth is defined by how you look. In fact, um, you know, it's like men, it's like your worth is defined by your success or your bank account. So it's like if a woman tries to, okay, well, if that's a way that we could feel worthy and I'll be really successful financially or in my business endeavors, what happens then? Men are like too intimidated by that. That's that's not an option, right? I have a friend who's very successful in her career and she has a very difficult time in the dating world because people are way too intimidated with her with her career success. And I'm like, this is so insane to me. Like, it's it's like the foundation of who we are and our self-worth has already been laid for us. I'm like, I, I just won't subscribe to that anymore. And so I feel like it's just historically speaking, women, women's entire worth was predicated on how they looked. And I think that we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go. And I think just thinking about those ideas around you know, if women are consumed with how they look, they can't really be consumed with anything else. Yeah. And And when we're so freaking powerful, if we're consumed with how much we weigh, what we're eating, then we're, like you say, we haven't got space, time and energy to put towards growing in our own empires and getting out there in the world. So, I mean, when you said men get bigger, women get smaller in the gym, I, I heard the words men are expansive and abundant and women are restrictive and contracted and keeping ourselves small emotionally as well. well. I mean, I mean, I have experienced this even in the business world, right? I've had some, uh, one of my greatest gifts is having my husband be my business partner because we have the most opposite skill sets. So put together, it's a phenomenal combination, but it's also been one of the hardest things. Like there's been a lot of times where I wish I could have just, you know, done this on my own in a lot of ways, because anytime I would go to him, go with him to an event or we'd go with each other. See, I'm even saying that go with him. Like I'm not going with him. We went with each other um, to an event. People would assume that I was there just tagging along. Like they would never assume that I, some people would, but a lot of people would assume that I was just tagging along that I didn't really have anything to do with the business. And I just, I feel like the fitness industry is just part of the, 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 contributes to that narrative of women staying small. And I really don't, I, and that's why I said, when you read my bio, I don't want this to be about women are so powerful and we're taking over men. Like, I don't want that either. I just want it to be more of an equal distribution, right? I would love for women to feel like they could release the pressure and expectation of, I have to look a certain way. Like if we could just, like you said, not spend our energy on that and then feel acceptance and supported by men when we said, oh yeah, we're going to, you know, have our own business endeavors, or we're going to partner with you in business endeavors, and we're going to shift the focus. And I think that sometimes, you know, it's this power dynamic, like I was talking about in the beginning, when you when you asked me, what's one thing I wish we could change in the world? It's because when people feel like their power is going to be taken from them, they lash out, right? So I think this is why men get intimidated, like my friend who tries to date, and she's very successful in the business world. It's because if you're powerful, then I must not be able to be. Mm. And I think that that's part of the reason why it's been difficult to shift women coming out of this only this narrative that's only focused on looks and becoming more successful in the business world or in other endeavors and being expansive like you're talking about. Because I think some men, not all men, but some men think they're going to take the power that I have. And what I want to say is, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> we just want to have some too. Yeah. And so I think that's part of the that's part of the reason why there's there's pushback or there's lash there's like lashing out or there's a lot of sexism is because I think men think that we're going to take the power from them. And I think if women can approach this with I'm actually not going to take anything from you. I'm just going to give myself permission to be expansive in my own endeavors and in my own life and I have nothing to take from you. I think that we can move in the right direction. Yeah. Wow. I think that's a good place to start wrapping up because that is so powerful what you've just shared. But before we do, and before I ask you how people can find you and all of that, is there anything that I've not asked you or that you would like to share with our listeners and our viewers today? I think you've you've covered a lot and I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think the work that you're doing is so amazing and you're 
essentially giving women power, right? And I think the biggest thing is like I was just saying, I think the goal for women should be to um, embrace that empowerment and unsubscribe to things that don't allow that expansion while also holding space for men who are going to feel fearful of, of, you know, this person's getting really powerful. (laughs) Um, This is really threatening to me and to hold space and energy for men as well, to know that that's going to be a process for, for, for us as a society, as we progress in this way, that they're going to feel threatened by that. So how do we hold space and energy for ourselves and space and energy for the collective whole as we, as we move in this direction? Mm. It's, it's about the feminine rising but like you say that we're rising with the mask with the masculine we're not trying to stamp on them like you say it's coming together and there was um before the patriarchy there was a matriarchy which was women in power and I obviously I wasn't alive at that point so I, I can't say how that was but it, I think we need like a mixture of the two it's not one or the yeah. other what you're saying. Well, I feel like that's what I'm saying. It, it's always trying, the pendulum always is trying to swing. Yes. And I'm saying, why don't we have an attitude and an understanding that there is an equal power mm-hmm. and women can basically, and it, even individually by themselves can give themselves permission to take some of that power back. But I've gone through my own process of sort of like when I was first de- deconstructing the patriarchy of like, oh no, men are evil. My poor husband during that six months of my life. <laughs> um, and now I'm more to a place of like, oh no, it's not about taking power over men. It's about acknowledging the, the disproportionate power between men and women, giving myself the power that I know that I need and not trying to take it from anyone else because that's just doing what they did. Exactly. Right? That's just doing what they did. So yeah. if I really want to evoke change, I have to acknowledge that pattern and hold space for both. Yeah, I love that. And so do you coach people as well, Katie? Or is is we shape your is that is that what your energy is all into? And how can well you've already mentioned the website, obviously everything will be linked below. But if people want more of you, how can they reach you? Can they ask you questions on DMs? Yeah. So um right now all of my energy is we shape as a startup company. So um it's you know extra extra amount of love it's needing right now. So a lot of my energy goes to parenting and to WeShape, but um, you can find us on um, all social channels. We actually have two social channels. We have WeShape, which is all about movement. And then we have WeShape podcast, which talks a lot about some of the things we've been talking about today around belief systems and uh, toxic diet culture. So um, you can check us out there. Um, we have, yeah, you can DM us there. You can actually email us too at podcast at weshape.com. If you want to have questions about the podcast, we release a new episode every Wednesday. And then you can also reach us at support at weshape.com. If you want to get in touch with me directly, email one of those emails and they'll pass it along to me. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. The hour has just flown by. And thank you for your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much. It was really an honor to be here. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. And to all of our listeners, sending you much love and I will see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Your support means the absolute world to me and it really does help me to get my podcast out there for those that need it. Thank you.